Welcome to the ACC Basketball Report. I am your host, as always, Michael Hunter, also known as at Picone36 on Twitter. A little bit aggravated today. Um, I actually recorded the first uh, go-round of episode 17 yesterday, and uh, it did not take, for whatever reason, um, if I record this today and it doesn't go up, I'm going to be very upset. So... <clears throat> And, and one thing that I think is most aggravating here is not only did I record what was obviously the greatest episode of ACC Basketball Report yesterday, uh, it will never be duplicated, never be replicated. I'll probably never be able to pull off a show as great as the one that I recorded yesterday. So unfortunately, you guys are missing out on that. I'll try to do my best. Uh, you know, it's like uh, the big fish story that your buddies all tell you when they uh, when they go fishing. Um, a few things I want to touch on today. If you guys follow me on Twitter, at Pecone36, you may have seen that I've gotten a little bit of swag made. Uh, I got some stickers uh, done up. Um, I think the way I'm going to give this away on the first go-round, it's going to be relatively easy. Okay, First people to jump on Twitter and uh, tweet out... Uh, ACCBR, hashtag ACCBR, and tag me at Pecone36, P-E-A-C-O-N-E-3-6, and all you have to do in order for me to send you a couple stickers is name that intro song. Uh, Relatively easy. The band is electric. Uh, I will send out two stickers to the first three people that tweet me uh, with the hashtag ACCBR and can uh, properly name that song. Um, I may have already given it away in the last 10 seconds. Uh, dropped a little hint there. Maybe you guys caught up on it. Maybe you guys didn't. It's going to be more difficult in the future. But for today, for the first time giveaway, we're going to make it an easy one. I think it's pretty easy. Classic rock tune. So jump on Twitter. Give it at me. Okay, I'll give you a sticker for your laptop, sticker for your desk, whatever, and then throw another one up at your local coffee shop. Let's get the word out about the ACC Basketball Report, and we'll start to really build this fan base, and we'll have some more fun in the future. Uh, as always, this is a crowdfunded podcast, so if you feel like uh, supporting the show, if you like the product I'm sticking out here, uh, you know, jump on uh, accbasketballreport.com, which is the website that goes along with this podcast where you can find some additional content jump on the rss feed on the right hand side that'll take you to my podbean page click on be a patron and feel free to support the show however you see fit um one of the uh the things that this is going to be a little bit shorter of a show today because i'm a little bit aggravated uh i got some stuff going on with the dog um mr tucker the dog we've found some kind of lesion on his uh on his rib cage he's you know still a puppy two and a half years old so uh i got some concerning things happening around the house um and again, I've already done this show once, and some of the things that I talked about yesterday when I tried to upload yesterday morning um, are things that, you know, in the 24-hour news cycle have already been negated. For instance, I talked about why Duke has uh, chosen to stop recruiting E.J. Montgomery, who's a five-star center out of the Atlanta area. Today, he committed to Kentucky, which I touched on yesterday, so strike that from the list. Something else I touched on yesterday was uh, Nate James interviewing for the LaSalle coaching position. Uh, That coaching position has since been filled by somebody else. So, uh, you know, that's another thing off the list that we don't need to talk about today. Something else that happened today, Bruce Brown has hired an agent, so that means he has foregone his remaining eligibility at the University of Miami, and he will pursue a professional career in the NBA or overseas, likely the NBA. He's a fantastic player. Not real sure 
uh, what the logic is as far as jumping to the NBA when you're coming off a foot injury. Um, not sure how he's healing. Um, he should be coming out of that process right now. I think it was only six to eight weeks, depending on the severity of the injury. But um, hopefully, uh, you know, I have nothing but, you know, best wishes for, for Mr. Brown. I think he's a great player. I would love to have seen him play uh, another college season. I think uh, his ceiling at the college level is incredibly high. So um, this actually corresponds with something that I wanted to talk about, what's very interesting this year, is there's a distinct possibility that every team in this conference this year could lose its best player in the offseason. Okay, you can make an argument for all 15 teams losing their best player. Uh, the only ones that uh, maybe... You can't really make that argument for Virginia Tech one because Justin Robinson's coming back uh, for his senior year, and uh, Florida State, which uh, Terrence Mann will be returning. But I'm going to run down through this list real quick. All 15 teams. We're going to take a look real quick. Uh, try to, like I said, I'm going to try to buzz through this today. I got shit to do. Um, Virginia, first and foremost. Hold on one second. Um, Devin Hall graduates. Isaiah Wilkins graduates. Um, now, Kyle Guy received a lot of accolades uh, this year, but. Um, I, you know, I, I could argue that Devin Hall was the most important player for that offense, and obviously Isaiah Wilkins, the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, was the uh, the most uh, an integral part of that defense. So Virginia, you know, first and foremost, best team in the conference, losing two very good players. Uh, they did get a bit of good news. I'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, UNC, obviously Joel Berry has uh, exhausted his eligibility, so they're out of point guard. Uh, point guard of the future, Jalik Felton, left the program midseason, so... Uh, they have good players come in. Again, something we're going to talk about here in just a second. Uh, Duke obviously loses their entire top five, including probably the best player in the country in Marvin Bagley III, uh, along with their senior leader in Grayson Allen. Wendell Carter Jr. has not uh, declared for the draft yet, to my knowledge, but everybody expects him to. NC State, Omar Yurt Seven, uh, Alaric Freeman. You know, they, they still get Markel Johnson back next year, but obviously year seven uh, won't be coming back. He said he's either going to play pro or he'll be transferring. I fully expect him to be playing professionally uh, far, you know, far more likely. And if not the NBA, definitely over in his homeland of Turkey. Um, Al Freeman, not my favorite player, not a player I'm, you know, really high on, but he had some fantastic games this year, the UNC game uh, in particular. Wake Forest, Bryant Crawford, Darrell Moore both have their names in the draft. Neither have hired agents. I expect Crawford to go. I expect Moore to come back. So that's decent for them. Uh, Wake Forest does have a really good recruiting class for Danny Manning to underachieve with next year. So I guess that's, you know, kind of a good thing. Uh, there are a lot of people at Georgia Tech that expect Josh Akogi to to stay in the draft regardless of what he hears. Um, there is some speculation amongst fans, who knows how well informed they are, that uh, the relationship between uh, Kogi and Passner has kind of fallen apart since uh, since the uh, the drama early on in the season that led to his uh, his suspension and, and, and missing of the first six games of the year and then a couple more games because he was injured. But, I, you know, they also lose Ben Lammers to graduation. They lose Tadrick Jackson to graduation. I... You know, I, I like their backcourt next year with Alvarado and DeVoe, but uh, if they lose a Kogi, you know, he's he's the straw that stirs that drink. If you ever watched any of their games, when he leaves the floor, they struggle immensely. 
Um, moving on to Pitt, obviously Parker Stewart, Marcus Carr, both transferring. Uh, Parker Stewart, I fully expect him to land at either Georgetown or Memphis. He has confirmed that he will not be back. Marcus Carr is hearing from programs like Villanova, Iowa State, Gonzaga. You know, he's not going back to Pittsburgh. Uh, Jeff Capel's a very good recruiter, but I think the, that ship has sailed for both those recruits. Virginia Tech, uh, Justin Bibbs, you know, again, not their best player, but maybe their best perimeter player, maybe their best wing player. I would have said Ahmed Hill was their best their best wing player coming into the season, but uh, Bibbs had a far better season, especially late in the year. They do get Justin Robinson back, like I said earlier, but uh, you can make the argument that Bibbs is their most important wing player outside of Robinson running the point. Uh, Boston College gets you know bombed this this offseason. Jerome Robinson, Kai Bowman both declaring for the draft. Neither have retained agents. I expect Robinson to stay. I think Bowman will come back. The other one that I'm uh, that I'm concerned about is Jordan Chapman. This is a BYU transfer who went on a Mormon mission. He is 25 years old next month, uh, May 25th, I believe. He turns 25. He's married. You know, he's he's he, he may be at the point in his life where okay, I've had enough of this college thing, and and I'm ready to get on with things. You know, other aspects of his life. Not saying that's going to happen. He could be back, but that would be a tremendous blow. You could lo- you have potent you could potentially lose that entire perimeter, that three-headed monster that Boston College has that they were banking on to be. I think at the very least an NCAA bubble team next year. I think that's pretty fair to say. Uh, Clemson obviously loses Dante Grantham and Gabe DeVoe. Uh, even on top of that, Marquise Reed, Shelton Mitchell have both uh, declared for the draft. Again, neither have retained agents. I, I don't think Mitchell will stay. Um, there have been uh, some people who said there are some health concerns with him as far as his knees go. Uh, it could be a money grab situation for him to get paid while he's still capable on the court. He's a really good player. I'm not sure if he's an NBA player. Um you know he, his numbers, his peripherals look really good this year. But if you watched him play in the games, uh, I'm not sure he's there yet. Interesting thing about Marquise Reed, he is a redshirt junior transfer from Robert Morris, which means he could be ready to graduate from Clemson. Which, if he doesn't like what he hears um, at, at the NBA pre-draft camps, he could potentially hit the the grad transfer market. Which he immediately becomes the most coveted grad transfer in college basketball. I think that I don't think that's really up for debate he's a fantastic player and he can go anywhere he wants um that's that that would be a big deal um he's one of my favorite players in the conference he's a fantastic player on both ends of the court really good two-way player uh, this is the other thing with Clemson. If you dig a little deeper, Brad Brownell just had easily his best season as the Clemson basketball coach. Okay, Dan Radakovich is not a guy who's really interested in uh, coaching searches and you know getting highly involved with the the basketball football side of things. He's more of a fundraiser. He builds facilities. He upgrades facilities. He does things like that. He's about to hand Brad Brownell a huge extension. I think I think that's pretty that's pretty obvious, right? That Brownell's got that that bargaining chip in his pocket. Hey, look what I'm doing. Now he's losing his four or five best players. Potentially. Um you know, I, I think Radic- this is really setting up to be an ugly thing for Clemson by 2021 at the latest I think 2020 because Clemson has is a real candidate 
to regress in the next two years, I think. So keep an eye on Clemson, and remember that I said in two years, Brad Brownell could potentially cost Clemson a ton of money with buyouts. Now, Radakovich may have learned from his dealings at Georgia Tech and the, and the situation that he helped create there, but um, you know, given what Brownell, the, what Brownell just did on the court, he, he could be looking at a, a nice extension with a huge buyout that's going to reset that may not dissipate for the next couple years. So keep an eye on that. It'll be interesting to see if that happens and what the numbers are. Syracuse, uh, O'Shea Brissett did. <laughs> Again, I talked about this yesterday. And then yesterday evening, O'Shea Brissett announced that he's coming back. So that's good news for Syracuse. To my knowledge, Tyus Battle has yet to declare for the draft. A lot of, a lot of Syracuse people, message boards and Twitter people, you know, sometimes they can be a great source of information sometimes they're just people talking out of their ass a lot of these fans think that there's a real possibility that Tyus Battle wants to go pro I don't think he's there yet but it doesn't really matter what I think if he thinks he's there then he's gonna go um he's a good hard shot maker is what I've seen but he's not a great shot maker you know what I mean I think he's 31 percent from three and he's not going to be superior, superiorly talented in the NBA like he sometimes is in the ACC. Uh, Louisville Ray Spaulding has signed with an agent. Quentin Snyder has graduated. Obviously, they're two best players. And today, uh, Luol Deng has decided to go pro and sign with an agent. So he's gone as well. Uh, combine that with the loss of Anas Mahmoud. Louisville's looking at a rebuild all of a sudden. But they also have one of the best young coaches in the country in place i don't think it's going to be a rebuild i think it's going to be a reload uh notre dame obviously loses bonzi colson matt farrell they're in decent shape uh they, they get rex fluger uh temple gibbs dj harvey these players return and i expect a, a pretty good size jump from harvey next year fsu again they don't lose their best player i think it's obvious that terrence mann is their best player but they did lose cj walker to transfer okay um I believe Phil Kofer is still waiting on the NCAA to uh, deem him eligible for next year, which he has a real case. He played 11 games a few years ago uh, and then missed the rest of the season due to an ankle injury, I believe. They do lose Brian Angola to graduation, who, if you want to argue the point, Brian Angola was just as important to this team as Terrence Mann was. He had some tough games down the stretch. But other than that, Brian Angola is one of their best players all season long. And then you get to Miami, who is having – you know, rough off season. Um, you know, Lonnie Walker gone, signed with an agent. He will not be back. Bruce Brown announced today he'll sign agent. Gone. He will not be back. Dewan Huell has uh, is in the draft currently. I think he's a really talented kid. He has yet to sign with an agent. I don't think he's there yet. I think he can come back next year and be a huge force uh, for the Hurricanes. You know, you combine him with Chris Likes, uh, some other, you know, the the Vasilich kid is, I think, due to, to maybe step up in as far as a role goes. Um, looking at their, uh, their high school commits for next year, whew, none. They currently have zero commits for the 2018 class, and they just lost Jaquan Newton, um, uh, Lonnie Walker, Bruce Brown, potentially Dewan Huell. It's it's not, you know, they do get Anthony Lawrence back. It, it, you know, Chris likes the Dengak kid is had had flashes of um, of brilliance this year, but nothing sustained sustain, that he sustained over a long period of time. So right now things are shaping up. You got to be nervous if you're a Miami fan. Uh, you're losing a lot of talent, and as of right now, you're not bringing a ton in. So. We'll see how that goes. Miami is definitely a team to keep an eye on. Um, so that's just a quick rundown of what of what the ACC is losing, 
And, I mean, I, I like a lot of the kids coming in. Uh, NC State has a great class coming in. Duke, obviously, has a great class coming in. Uh, North Carolina has one of my favorite players in the 2018 class coming in, and Nas Little, who was just the MVP of the McDonald's All-American game, and also played fantastic last night in the Jordan Brand Classic. You know, I'm going to keep beating this dead horse. Anybody who tells me that Zion Williamson is better than Nasir Little is out of their goddamn mind. Okay, Little is, I think, rated number 10 by ESPN right now, which I just use ESPN because their rankings are laughable, uh, quite honestly. You can't tell me that Cam Reddish and Zion Williamson are better than than Nas Little. You just can't do it. There's no way that you could convince me of that. You can't watch them play and tell me that they're better. It's just it's not going to happen. And I'd like to remind you guys that next week I have... <laughs> Nasir Little's dad will join me for the fe- the first ever ACC BR interview. Uh, if you guys don't know uh, Harold, uh, quote unquote T Little, he's a really interesting guy, really well spoken. Um, we have agreed on uh, a list of questions that really interest me, and I think are going to be really interested to you. We're going to get into um, his his being named uh, potentially in the FBI investigation um, that is now that was a rumor that was debunked. Um, we're going to talk about how, you know, this kid was a, a top 150 kid that is now the 10th rated player in, in the in the 2018 class. Just a, a meteoric rise through the rankings. He's having a fantastic offseason. He's going to UNC. He's about to be the best player on a historic, uh, you know, blue blood school. It's just, it's gonna. I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation. I think you guys are going are gonna to love it. And hopefully my software and this whole setup holds up. Because if I do that interview and I lose that information, I'm going to be so pissed. I might just shut the whole thing down. Shut it down. Okay. Coming in. Right, next year. NC State, great class. Wake Forest, great class. Georgia Tech has a pretty underrated class. They have some talented. DeVoe kid is a top 50 kid. Um... Virginia Tech doesn't have a great class coming in, but they're getting what they need. They need size, and Kadeem size making his his uh, his return next year. BC even has a couple talented kids in the Winston Tubbs kid, as well as Jarius Hamilton, uh, both really good players. Pitt is Pitt. Uh, we're going to talk about Capel in just a second. Notre Dame has a has, a, has four four star players coming in. They're going to be fine. Uh, the the concern that I have with all this change, potential change, is. What did you guys see in the, in the Final Four? Okay, you saw no one and done guys in the Final Four. Not one. The only the the best recruit you saw in the Final Four was the Samuels kid for Villanova. Okay, he was rated number forty one. He played less than one minute in the national championship game. Okay, a non factor, complete non factor. You saw senior laden teams that have played together for years. Michigan. Okay, great coach, older players uh, built around a talented player in uh, Mo Wagner, okay, uh, Loyola Chicago, okay, senior laden, good guard play, juniors and seniors, five guys that average between 10 and 14 points a game, okay, Kansas, senior guards, okay, Svee Michalik, senior, maybe 15th year senior, okay, LeGerald Vick is a junior who's been around forever, I remember when this kid got recruited to G-Tech, it seems like it was in the Derek Favors class of 2011, okay, he also declared for the draft, but again, upperclassman. They have the D'Souza kid who's talented, but eh, not much. You know, that whole front court is Azabuki, 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 Azabuki. What a fun name to say, by the way. Anyway, you know, and then obviously Villanova, the DiVincenzo kid is a redshirt sophomore. So this is his third year. You know, Brunson's a junior. Uh, Mikhail Bridges is a junior. Jesus Christ. All these players. 
Villanova could return their whole rotation next year. They won't, but they could. Uh, speaking of the DiVincenzo kid, how good was he Monday night? Holy moly. And then, you know, you build him up just to burn him down, which is the typical today's modern media. I don't care what he said on Twitter when he was 14 or 15 years old. If he was a black kid, nobody would give a fuck. So I give him a pass. Um, anyway, my point is, you, you got to have guys like Joel Berry. Okay, Joel Berry wins championships. Jalen Brunson wins championship. Um, Devonte Graham wins championships. I don't know if he did, but he should have. Um, I'm just, you know, the the one and dones look great on paper, but they don't typically win a ton in March. And what you have to, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. You get these unit shares for your game appearances in the NCAA tournament. It's great if you have one and done guys. It sucks for the disbursement of those funds if you only play one game apiece. You know, you only get eight teams in there and you'll get uh, eight appearances. Whereas this year, uh, the, uh, the ACC got 21 appearances at $1.7 million a pop. Okay, $35 million. When you compare that to, you know, next year looking at 12 appearances. Okay, it's a big, it's a money thing. Okay, it's a as well as a as a quality product on the floor thing. I, you know, you give me a choice to watch Duke or Kentucky play this year compared to Villanova. Shit, watching Villanova all day. Villanova is the best team to watch the entire tournament. I, I mean, they completely separated themselves uh, during this tournament, and it may be time to start talking about them joining the blue blood ranks with uh, UNC. Uh, Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke. I, I think those are the four programs that stand head and shoulders above everybody else right now. I think Villanova is on the way. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm there yet. They need to sustain that. That uh, I think a blue blood program, this is how I defined it talking with a guy the other day, a blue blood program is a program that when they offer a kid a scholarship, I stop following that kid's recruitment. It's really that simple. Um, sustainable success over a long period of time. Jay Wright's there for 17 years now, something like that. You know, I think what makes them a blue blood is when Jay Wright's ready to go, ready to retire, they make a next hire, they make their next hire, and they seamlessly transition to that next coach, and he goes out there and he fucking dominates too, like Jay Wright is. That to me is what makes you a blue blood program. Moving on to some other things, uh, according to Cardiac Hill, which is an SB Nation Bleacher Report. Uh, website for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Jeff Capel is interested in Brandon Knight being on his staff. Now, if you know, pay attention to this this podcast at all. I was a big advocate of Brandon Knight getting the job. Obviously, the Capel hire is a better hire. You know, that's that's a higher profile. Capel has been there, done that, brought in great players. You know, it, it's a better hire. But I think it would be a real win to bring Brandon Knight on his staff. Capel has yet to hire his staff. He's going to have to put one together pretty quick, I think, because the live period's coming up in the next couple weeks. Uh, there are some people listed on his on his uh, on the athletic website, but I think that's just the, the website not being updated. There are no assistant coaches on that that roster right now. Currently, Brandon Knight is a uh, Rutgers assistant coach, which I mean, given the choice to go back to your alma mater or stay at Rutgers, I think that's a simple choice. He worked for ten years under Jamie Dixon as an assistant coach. Uh, we also found out this week that Nolan Smith will not be joining Jeff Capel at Pitt. He'll be staying with Duke. Uh, again, Capel has yet to to hire anybody. Uh, some news coming out of Pittsburgh, though. Cameron Davis has announced he's staying. Shamil Stevenson has announced he's staying. And Jared Wilson Frame has also announced he's staying. So, you know, Jeff Capel got a few win wins under his belt so far. Uh, I think, it, you know, it's basically started about how we expected. Um, 
uh, you know, I look, you know, Pitt has a, is going to be bad this year. Okay. This isn't just a quick turnaround. This is a five year rebuild. Okay. You got a guy in place who's going to bring in talent, but I don't know if he's going to bring it in this year. You know what I mean? You got to let him get through an entire cycle. There's a real possibility they go winless in back to back seasons. Okay. Pittsburgh fans really need to, uh, to, to brace themselves for that possibility. You know, he's going to bring in some Juco guys. He's going to be doing some of the similar things that Kevin Stallings did. The only difference is you're going to see him get into some players for the 2019 class that could potentially have a real impact on the program. So, uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm just saying, okay, Jeff Capel's a good hire, but he's not a fucking magician. And I don't really believe in magic anyway. Okay, moving on to some other news. Marvin Bagley, uh, you know, added some things to his mantle this week, uh, has now won the Pete Newell Award for the best big man in the country. Uh, this is an award that is given out by the National Association of Basketball Coaches, been around since about 99. I think Marcus Pfizer was the first guy to win that award. Uh, again, Bagley, you know the stats. He averaged 21 points, 11 rebounds. And something interesting when I was going through his, his statistics the other day was he shot 39% from three. Okay, granted, it was only on 58 attempts. But this kid's getting better right in front of you. Okay, if you saw him shoot threes uh, just before he got to Durham and after he got to Durham, those first few games is a pretty ugly thing. And for him to shoot forty percent from three, uh, that's a big deal. I mean, that's better than off the top of my head, Jose Alvarado shot at Georgia Tech. I would say that's probably a better percentage than uh, Bib, Justin Bibb's shot at Virginia Tech. You know, it's better than Grayson Allen shot, who shot 26%, and he's known as one of the best shooters in the country sometimes. So, you know, it's interesting. It's only, Again, it's only less than 60 attempts, but, you know, he, he adds another trophy to his trophy case, ACC Player of the Year, Freshman of the Year, and now he's the Pete Newell Award. He's about to be the number one pick in the draft, I think, unless you're, yeah, the Donkic, the, the Don, Donkic, Donsic kid. I think he's really fantastic, but I'm not sure what his status is. I'm sure he's going to go pro, but... I, I'm taking Bagley all day. I mean, I think he's the most transcendent player we've seen since LeBron. I've said that since the beginning. I kind of faded on it a little bit in the season, but I'm back on. I was out, now I'm in. Okay? Actually, I was in, then I was out, now I'm back in. I'm going to get through some recruiting updates real quick. Um, again, this this stuff would have been great yesterday, but after today, it's just kind of old. Uh, Jim Christian performed in-home visit with JG3. For those who don't know, that is Joe Girard III, who is a high-scoring six-foot-one uh, Eagle Scout uh, from uh, from uh, what is it, Grand Falls. I can't remember. Somewhere in New York. Same high school that Jimmer Fredette went to. Broke his record before he broke Lance Stevenson's record. If you don't know who he is, check out my article on uh, slapthesign.com. I put one up uh, a couple weeks ago on that. Um, great player. Look him up on YouTube. Really fun to watch. One of the best jump shots I've ever seen. Uh, Syracuse and Duke both in to see Isaiah Stewart this week. Isaiah Stewart is Joe Girard's teammate for the Albany City Rocks AAU club. You will see them at the Peach Jam this year. Stewart's five-star, 6'8 forward, who's ranked in the top 30. Really fun player to watch. Really athletic big man. Um, dunks like the rim insulted his mother okay just he's a really good player i really like watching him play uh duke and unc both in to see matthew hurt who's a 6'9 200 pound forward ranked number five in the 2019 class and i say that questioningly uh, it's not questioningly it's just the way i'm talking i actually have it written down right in front of me um you know this kid a little skinny for my taste but you know you look at his offer list it's if i were to ask you who are the 20 best programs in america those 20 programs are Matthew Hurt's offer list. Okay, it reads like a blue blood, a blue blood school journal. 
Uh, Virginia did get some good news this week. Uh, Casey Morsell has committed to Virginia. He is a 6'2 guard, the number one ranked player in the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, 247-247 Sports has him ranked at number 83. The composite has him at 194. Looking at his YouTube videos, he's closer to the 83 than the 194. Um, he really good in the open court. He can pull up on a dime, drill a triple in your face. Again, you know, I've said this before. YouTube is great. It sucks when the kids make 100% of the shots. You know, he could go 5 for 20 in that game, but you're just going to show me the five, you know, the five shots that he made. Uh, my only criticism of him is the same criticism I have for a lot of prep guards. He is extremely right-handed. Uh, I haven't seen a video yet where he does much with his left. I have yet to see him finish with his left. Um, somebody I'd like to see play live or, or play uh, on a stream somewhere, and I'm not sure what who he plays with. Uh, maybe I can get on YouTube and see a full game. But he looks like a typical Virginia guard. Okay, he's a six-two kid, high energy. Looks like he plays a lot of defense, and looks like he can drill the triple. I mean, if that doesn't say Virginia, I don't know what does. Uh, some other stuff. Louisville is seemingly offering everybody as they get their new staff into place, get Chris Mack situated. They're they're basically extending, you know. To all the kids, they were probably recruiting at Xavier as well as some regional kids now that they're down in Kentucky. Um, you know, Marcus Watson being one of them, uh, a high-flying kid out of Buford, Georgia, who is the number one uh, target for Georgia Tech as well as Virginia Tech. Um, the the good news to come out of Louisville this week, like I said, they just lost Ray Spaulding. They lost Quentin Snyder graduation today. Luol Deng has declared for the draft. But Jordan Nawara uh, did announce that he will return this week. Which is a really good thing, because if you remember, early on, I can't remember if I said it on the podcast or if I put it up on the website, accbasketballreport.com, for those of you who don't know, I've only said it six times so far. I said before the year, in a class that had Nora and Darius Perry and Malik Williams, that Nora was going to be the man. Okay, He's going to be the most important recruit in that recruiting class. Now, Malik Williams is like the number 13 kid in the class. Okay, Five-star big man, huge shot blocker, right? Yeah, he looked good on defense. Uh, for five minutes, a few games. Jordan Orr is a big-time player. 6'8", hybrid forward, shoots the three with great accuracy, and has, he's going to be a star in the ACC. Okay, This is the next great wing player to come through Louisville. Write that down. Uh, UNC still recruiting for 18. This is old. E.J. Montgomery, yeah, he committed to Kentucky today. Uh, John Rostin reporting this week that Albany guard uh, grad transfer David Nichols has signed with FSU. That has since uh, been confirmed. This is a kid out of the America East Conference, scored about 15 points, averaged three and a half assists per game. <clears throat> Immediately eligible grad transfer. He's a good player, plays for a really good program. <clears throat> Albany is, you know, Sticking to the mantra that they're a fucking farm league team for, for you know high major programs as as that exodus from mid major low major continues to happen as kids just pack up and leave school and go to the ACC as or Power Six conferences as coaches pretend that they're not tampering with low and mid major schools using them as a farm league like baseball. Uh, Wake Forest is set to receive an official visit from BU transfer Chetty uh, yeah Chetty Mosley, uh, according to Corey Evans, another immediately eligible grad transfer, averaged about ten points a game over his four year career at BU. Uh, biggest thing here, thirty six percent from three. The world needs shooters. Wake Forest certainly needs shooters after losing Kishon Woods, so that'll be a big time deal for them. 
One of the uh, little bit of injury news this week, and this one this one sucks because I'm really high on this kid. Uh, Jay Huff has torn his labrum. He tore in the practice before the UMBC game in which Virginia became the first number one seed to lose to a 16 seed in the history of the basketball tournament. Yeah, you know, you just you can't say that. You can't mention Virginia in the tournament without mentioning that anytime soon. So this kid, now he's out three to four months. For those of you who don't know, he's a seven foot one kid who blocks shots, dunks, shoots threes, plays with high energy. He's a big character kid. Uh, you know, he, he's a kid that I had on my breakout list um, this year, but then he only appeared in 12 games. It appears that I was a year early. You know, I was a year early on Dante DiVincenzo. I was a year early on Jay Huff. These two kids, well, DiVincenzo's already a star and could be in the NBA next year, but Jay Huff was going to be a star in the ACC. Okay, that's that's for sure. I'm I'm still I'm sticking with it, um, but something to keep your eye on. He he said that uh, you know he's still running, uh, still uh, do some squats, still do some lifts. Uh, his old man, I, I caught that uh, that story on Streak in the Lawn, which is a Virginia uh, men's basketball website, actually Virginia sports athletics in general uh, website. Uh, biggest thing, I guess, just to wrap up the show today. Again, we're we're pretty uh, pretty well condensed today. Is uh, Nate James interviews at LaSalle? He didn't get it. Uh, quick on James, he's probably going to be the next guy to uh, to come out of that Coach K coaching tree uh, with maybe John Shire. He's been associate head coach at Duke for about ten years now, so. He's seeing all his buddies start to get these jobs. Coach K's tr- coaching tree is really starting to spread out here. Um, so it, it's something interesting to keep an eye on, especially when Coach K decides to retire, which I was zipping around a Syracuse message board the other day, and a Syracuse uh, fan had mentioned that he read on a Duke fan site that Coach K has informed the incoming freshman class that this could be his final year. I don't believe that for a second. I could not conf- I could not find the Duke fan site, and I did not contact the poster um for any uh any kind of confirmation on that but it's something certainly interesting to think about i mean coach k's he ain't getting any younger and he's you know dealing with these one and done kids he's dealing with a lot of big personalities you know at some point you just got to enjoy it right you got to go buy your own private island and sip mojitos or whatever the hell rich people do i don't know i hope to find out one day um Again, you know, I pulled this information from a message board. Now, some of these some of these fan bases, Syracuse, very, very much inclusive here. Uh, Georgia Tech is another one. You know, obviously Duke has a huge media following. Some of these fan bases are a really good source of information. Some of these, pe- these people on these message boards are really plugged in. For instance, the Syracuse message board was plugged into Torian Thompson leaving that program weeks, possibly months before he actually did it. They knew he was leaving. They knew he hadn't been on campus. And they knew he was probably going to Seton Hall where his mama wanted him to go. So sometimes you get great information. Now, sometimes you get a load of bullshit, which it's entirely possible that's the case here. It could just be you know a Syracuse fan who doesn't like Coach K. Personally, I think Coach K is experiencing a little bit too much success to walk away. Sometimes these guys have to get knocked down a peg before they realize that the time has passed. Coach K's time has certainly not passed in Durham. Uh, he's better than ever as far as I'm concerned. Not great tournament success recently, but we'll see how he does without Jeff Capel as well. Um, I'm interested to see how it, see if they revert back to their ways of getting quality two, three-year players. Um, get away from that five-star one and done player like uh jay wright was just talking about after the after the national championship game he told his crew get me guys that can that i can coach okay i don't know who he was talking about specifically but i mean alan ray 
Um, Randy Foy, maybe. Scotty Reynolds. I know Dominique Cheek was a little bit of a disappointment at Villanova. These were all really highly regarded kids that came in that did not do well in the tournament. And post that era in Villanova history, Jay Wright has done very well. So, you know, interested to see what's going on there. Um, something else, uh, more coaching movement. Let's see. UVA has yet to hire a replacement for Ron Sanchez, who took the UNC Charlotte position. Uh, reading an article, again, on Streaking the Lawn. Uh, it's really interesting to see Curtis Staples' name mentioned, who is a Virginia legend and apparently has been very successful in the prep ranks and um, has recently given up that post to pursue college coaching opportunities. Now, I mean, I was like nine years old when Staples was playing. He's still one of the players that I remember the most from when I was a kid. You know, players that when I first started getting into college basketball, I remember uh, Corliss Williamson, okay? I remember Lawrence Moten. I remember Curtis Staples. I remember Stephon Marbury. Uh, you know, I remember Corey Beck and Scotty Thurman, okay? Those, those Arkansas teams were awesome. Larry Johnson, okay? But anyway, the the point here is Curtis Staples is one of those guys that even when I didn't know what I was watching with college basketball, he was somebody that I remembered. And he's a legend at Virginia. He's one of the greatest shooters I've ever seen shoot the ball. I, th I think he would be a fantastic, uh, you know, maybe a wild card hire. Um, he has he's coached some high end talent at his prep job where he is now. Again, uh, this is the streaking the lawn story that I'm kind of paraphrasing. So go to streaking the lawn and, and check that out. I give them all the credit in the world. Uh, last thing I'm going to get to is Georgia Tech <sighs> has yet to hire anybody to fill their two coaching vacancies. Now we know that um, that Daryl LeBerry resigned. Uh, late this year, Tavares Hardy actually took the Loyola Maryland job that we've talked about. Uh, Coach Julian Schwartz, who is the compliance director, director of basketball operations, compliance director, because I think Mario West is the director of basketball operations. Um, Julian Schwartz has been made, I guess, like, uh, uh, temporary, because the word uh, the word starts with an I. Uh, and I can't think of what it is right now. But anyway, he's stepped in to LeBerry's role. He's been recruiting his balls off for this program for the last two months. I, well, for longer than that, he's the reason that we're in on Marcus Watson right now. Um, I fully expect him to be elevated to uh, a full assistant coach. I think that's pretty much a foregone conclusion at this point. Uh, interim, that's the word I'm trying to think of, Kane right now. Um, the other one, some people are saying Mario West. I don't see that happening. I think Rio uh, could lose, use a little bit more seasoning. Uh, some people were optimistic that Jonas Hayes was coming. He will not. He has left Georgia, and he's headed to Xavier. That is also a news story that came out today. Personally, I thought he was going to Florida. Shows what I know. You know, I'm just out here talking to people, just trying to be entertaining, okay? Don't really know what's going on. Actually, I, I, I shouldn't say that, but I did, so it's out there. But who, you know, it's funny because some people want to say Mark Price, bring Mark Price back. Mark Price doesn't want to be in college basketball. If you looked at Mark Price's history, if he didn't play at Georgia Tech, Nobody would ever bring his name up for a coaching position at Georgia Tech. It blows my mind. Um, one thing that is frustrating is the way Georgia Tech does things. It is so difficult to be a fan of this program. They are so deliberate. It seems like, like I'm from Maine, okay? So when I moved from Maine to North Carolina, it was like I jumped in a time machine and I fast-forwarded 10 years, okay? That's what being a fan of Georgia Tech is. They're, they're just... They seem like they're just years behind everybody else. They move at a snail's pace. What did Louisville just do? Okay, they 
They fired a, a Hall of Fame coach before the season. They immediately went out and said, David Padgett, you're our guy for this year. Okay, you're our interim head coach. After the season, they said, okay, you're no longer the coach. Thanks for filling in. We're going to go find our guy. Who do we want? We want Chris Mack. Okay, what they do? They went out and made it happen. Boom. Chris Mack's in town, offering everybody. He's about to revamp that program, reload that program. Georgia Tech has known that Daryl LeBerry wasn't coming back for going on five months now. Okay? Get a fucking plan together. You know, it's just moving at a snail's pace. And, and you can say that they're being diligent and they're trying to make the right moves. Okay, great. Everybody else is hiring their assistants. Everybody else is bringing in the quality talent that is moving around. I fully expect to be completely underwhelmed by whoever they hire. Absolutely 100%. And I say that fully acknowledging that yes that was reverse psychology and I, they're going to go out there and prove me wrong because i've been cursed all season long with my predictions i'm hoping that georgia tech makes a good hire here i just wish they wouldn't be so deliberate it makes them seem like they don't know what they're doing half the time okay if you remember when josh passner was hired he didn't have a uh, a staff in place during the april live period which is one of the most important recruiting scheduling parts of the year of the entire 12-month calendar, okay? To not have a staff in place during the live period is absolutely insane. Now, they put a hell of a staff together at the time. Eric Reveno, Tavares Hardy, Daryl LeBerry, that's a fucking hell of a class, not to mention Julian Schwartz and Rio. But what happened, you know, they got in on some guys. To, to land Mike DeVoe was a fantastic land, okay? To be as deep in on the Sierra Little as they were was fantastic, but who did we lose out on by not having a staff in place? I don't know. I'm asking. Seriously asking. I just, for once, I'd like to say Georgia Tech hit it out of the park. And right now, yeah, I'm just not seeing it. I, you know, Not yet. I'm hope, I like Schwartz. I think he's going to do a great job. He's been recruiting his ass off uh, since he's been in that position. But I'm really interested to see who they hire next. I'm really hoping that it is a good hire. And, you know. Fingers crossed. So that's uh, the condensed version of this week's show, episode 17. I really hope this saves. I really hope it makes it up on iTunes tonight. Don't forget to tune in next week and tell people, especially UNC fans, you're going to love this interview. Georgia Tech fans as well. It's mostly going to be dominated by the battle between UNC and Georgia Tech. We're going to talk about one family AAU hoops in Florida. Okay, We're going to talk about Roy Williams. We're going to talk about Daryl LeBerry. We're going to talk about Zion Williamson. We're going to talk about the McDonald's All-American game. Okay? Uh, you know, just a little preview of what we're going to talk about next week, and then I'm going to give you guys the weekly rundown as well. That'll just be part of next week's show. So, accbasketballreport.com for additional content. Come see my stuff on uh, Slap the Sign. Uh, don't forget to like, rate, review, share, tell your friends, tell your siblings, tell your mom. Okay? Don't forget, tweet at me, at Pecone36, P-E-A-C-O-N-E-3-6 on Twitter. Hashtag ACCBR, and let us know what the intro track was to this week's episode. I will send you two stickers, one for you, one for a buddy. First three people to, uh, to tweet it out are the winners. I'll DM you. My DMs are always open. I appreciate you guys tuning in. I will talk to you next week with the Harold Little episode that I am really looking forward to. Hope you guys have a great week. Thanks a lot.